So in episode four, the one-to-one mental health podcast, we just I'm sat down with Lee Duncan, a professional boxer, and we talk about his experiences in mental health, his biggest adversities he's faced in his life and from his sporting career as well, the mindset of an athlete, and the importance of being resilient within sport and within life. And we also discuss a lot of things that you guys can take value from and hope you enjoy it. And yeah. Cool. Right, so today, guys, um, I'm joined by uh, someone I kind of connected through a, a platform called Clubhouse, um, Lee Duncan. If you kind of want to introduce, introduce yourself and your background, that'll be, be good for those listening. Absolutely. Pleasure for having me on, Liam. Um, always a pleasure to have, have me here. Yeah, so my name's Lee Duncan. I'm a professional boxer. Uh, I've been boxing my whole life and a few years ago we were actually inspired to help so many people. So we set up an online health and well-being portal to help as many people across the globe as we possibly can kickstart their health, fitness and well-being. Um, and our organisation is called Box Camp Fitness. Okay, well, is that, would that people find that on Instagram or? Yeah, you can find us on all the social media platforms, uh, on google you know across the board really so we're okay. accessible from anywhere which makes us um you know versatile to reach out to uh the people that need us most well no i mean i wanted to get you on you know he listened to your story on clubhouse and i was inspired yeah. to kind of definitely try and get you on so i mean this is a mental health podcast so you know i've, yeah. heard, I've heard some of the experiences you've had dealing with mental health and i thought you'd be a good person to get on and share your story so yeah i kind of kick things off you know Obviously, with mental health and sport, you know, it's really talked about more apparent now. And being a sports psychology student is kind of growing my interest in mental health and in mental health and sport. So I kind of wanted to get your, you know, kind of you to elaborate on your experiences through mental health and sport and obviously in your life, if you want to touch on that. Yeah, of course. I mean, from, I'll, I'll roll back the years. So in my teenage years, you know, I was just pretty much a, a, bum, at, a bum at school and didn't really have any inspiration or motivation or, you know, positive aspects to my life when I was in school. So um, I didn't realise at the time I was a prisoner of my own head. And this all stemmed from uh, living in a multicultural household. So my father was was black, he's, he's, he's negative. My mother's white, English, very positive woman. And, um, you know, my dad always seemed to so, just, just sort of suppress me and didn't really believe in my vision at the time of what I had and what I wanted to be and who I wanted to become. And um, it's just that not that he wanted anything you know bad for me just he wanted the best for me but he just didn't know how to project that um, in coordination to what vision I had so it caused quite a bit of friction and at the time like I said I was a prisoner of, of my own mind and that's where I was uh, down and out I wasn't motivated I had no inspiration like I said before so my academic life at school was just in turmoil um, and then obviously it wasn't till everything changed for me until I moved out of the family home at 16 and went to, uh, you know, got, got on the quest to towards my, my vision of becoming a professional boxer, which I ended up living with athletes um, in a house and, and just subconsciously picking up what they were doing and copying them. And I actually come across a mentor at the time by the name of Brendan Ingle, MBE. Uh, and my life changed from there, really. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I spoke about in a previous podcast, you know, the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. And I think, you know, obviously you kind of recognise that you needed to do that. 
So how important do you think that is in terms of, you know, with your mental health, with any aspirations you want to do, any, any, any kind of, you know, dream or aspiration someone has? What would you say the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people is? Look, it's like, <laughs> you, all you have to do is look in the jungle, my brother, and see lions hang around with lions. Yeah. Um, you know, so you've got to get on the you got to get on the bandwagon of with a cohort of people who you want to aspire to be like. Mm. And in my younger years, I was hanging around with world champions. I was hanging around with uh, successful people who wanted to do well um, mm. and make careers in sports. So I was around this network and cohort of people my, my whole early childhood. So you know, this was not early childhood, but teen teen years, my developing years, and um. It, it changed everything. It just changed the game completely. And like I said, at, at school, uh, I don't think people are actually taught to win at school. You're just taught to take part and get through and coast through. So I had to learn how to win. And the reason I did this was being around successful people with a different mindset and engaging the mindset on winning um, and doing well for themselves. So I believe if you get around them sort of people and find the right mentor, it's only going to benefit your life. And again, uh, I mean, looking after myself, you know, I've always looked after myself, always been fit, work out pretty much every day, you know, have the right amount of recovery and rest as well, obviously. But this all starts from an internal, um, in, internal feeling. So if you feel good internally, your external is a direction, is a, di is a, is a direct reflection of your internal, sorry. So, you know, you've, you've got to make sure the internal is ticking, ticking good because this is going to determine what your external looks like. Mm, no, 100%. You know? um, I'm not sure you probably would have heard the saying, you know, you're the average of the one of the five people you hang around with the most. I think we've heard that on the on the club clubhouse forums. I think, you know, I said that on my yeah. last podcast, you know, and I, it got me thinking, like, you know, it's true. I mean, for me personally, I've kind of had a, got to a point where I've, I've got now, right now. I'm I'm 21. It's taken me 21 years to find the right people. I'm at uni now to find the right yeah. people I'm around with, and it's completely changed my drive and recognition. I mean, yeah. people I hang around with now compared to the guys I was hanging around with at school potentially, like they lack drive. And like now, it's crazy how you go from there to there in a matter of I think I've known these guys for like two, three, two, three months now. It's crazy how my mind has completely changed. Because I'm around driven people, and I think that's kind of what you had to do. You recognised that you needed to do that, and then you made that change. Hundred percent. And I, I don't, I don't believe it's like you said. Oh, it's because the the previous cohort of people weren't motivated and they lacked discipline. No, it's not that. I'll tell you what it was. It's you've raised your standards. Yeah. Having high standards protects you from low quality experiences, and this is something that I like to say and project out there to everyone. You have high standards. Okay, people have got to rise up to meet those standards. So all that's going to fall with under that bar is people who you want to be around and aspire to be around. And I, I see sayings like, oh, keep my circle small and all this. Why the hell on earth would you want to keep your circle small? Mm. Like you want to expand as much as you can. You don't see HSBC keeping their circle small. You don't see Coca-Cola keeping their circle small. How many employees does Coca-Cola got? How many employees does McDonald's have? How many employees does Apple have? How many employees does Google have? How many employees does Amazon mm. have? All right? So we, mm. we expand. So all this all this nonsense about keeping your circle small is a load of rubbish to me because I, I believe in expansion. you got to expand. You Because if you're not growing, you're dying. 
And would you say, obviously, you know, you kind of agree with being able to expand and try and expand more people. I've, I feel like with me, I've got to a point where I'm not, I'm not quite reserved for people, but I think I, I, find, I found it hard to let people in because of the way I've been treated in the past. So, I mean, yeah. for me, I think keeping the circle small was good, but then obviously with the expansion, you know, you have to be, they have to be kind of like-minded with, you, with your circle, I think. Keep your circle small. So what are you doing on Clubhouse? So, you know, you know, you know, the thing is, the thing is, there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of nonsense on Instagram out there where people are reading all these quotes that people write and it's a load of rubbish. Like you've got to, you've got to get yourself out there. You've no, nothing. Look, I'll give you an example. So the first day when I woke up, I moved out of my family home at 16. I got put in a house, okay, of professional athletes. Brendan got me put in a house, professional athletes. So I woke up that first morning when I was out of my house. So I moved out, just to put it out there, I moved out of, okay, a five-bedroom house in an affluent area of Sheffield where I could go back. I got four or five meals a day. It was a nice warm house, lovely area, you know, quiet nothing no trouble around the area um you know I, I had it good but but mentally it wasn't me doing me any favors being so comfortable so as soon as i woke up okay in that house in that room and i remember there wasn't even a bed in the room at the time it was just a mattress on the floor i woke up there i realized i had nothing i realized i was starting from ground zero i could lay here all day not make excuse me, not make any connections, nothing's going to happen for me. Nothing's going to unfold for me, okay? So then what do you think I had to do? I had to go out there and make connections and make a network, all right? And that's when everything changed for me. And yes, I didn't see my friends that I had at school because I had to raise my standards because maybe they didn't want to be professional athletes. Maybe they didn't, didn't want to become um, multi-millionaires maybe they didn't want to be successful maybe they were happy to coast through life and that's fine but it doesn't it's not concurrent with my vision and my aspirations so then when you have a vision and aspiration uh, you, by a magnetic force or frequency in the mm. world you put it out there it, it, it suddenly attracts you so mm. you've got to go to events you've got to do this and like i'm sat here on a podcast with you right now so we're, we're expanding you, you mm. didn't you didn't know me but now you, you know me and i know you so you know we're expanding through through social media the internet we're always expanding man and, and that's yeah. how we got a look at it you i know? mean 100 i mean i want to touch on the point you know you said you got out of the kind of the comfort zone how important do you think that is to kind of be successful to get out of your comfort zone very important it's uh, it's vital actually it's uh, it's the number one thing anybody needs to do if you want to grow because being comfortable it's dangerous because you can take your foot off the accelerator and slow down dramatically. Once you do that, it's very hard to get the momentum going again. I've actually experienced that myself in life. You get comfortable with a bit of success. You can take the foot off the gas and then you have to start again. So, you know, it's, um, it's vital that you, you know, just stay humble, keep working hard, keep working smart. And um, yeah, for sure, just, just keep making your network bigger because... In this modern day society, your network is the new currency. Mm. All right. And that, that's how that's how we see it. And you know, that's what my current mentors that I work with now, that's what they explain. So, you know, you, you want to find someone who's already doing it, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, for me, I found that 
as I said, you know, find, surrounding myself with like-minded people has helped me grow massively and, you know, started to think about who I can network, network with even more to try and build my, the, that, as you said, the little, your circle in order to improve myself. I mean, I, if you said to me four or five weeks ago, I'd be talking on mental health forums and, you know, doing podcasts and stuff because actually about five weeks ago, I got injured playing football and I thought, oh, my, I'm, not, I'm out for five weeks now. What am I going to do? My whole routine's gone. And then, you know, I've managed to do two podcasts. I'm talking to you now. And it's crazy how much, you know, from maybe going on to my next thing, going from like adversity, a small adversity yeah. to something that's happened so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get exactly where you're coming from, Liam, because like I said, I left school with no, no GCSE. I left school with one GCSE, actually. That's our last. I left school with one GCSE in woodwork and it was something I made a, I made a cabinet for my PlayStation. So that's the only thing that interested me at the time. So I left school with no grades. Okay. So I had people say, Oh, what are you going to do now? You know? So I was like, well, I know exactly what, I know exactly what I want to do. You know, I want to be a professional boxer. That's my aspiration. That's, that's what I've always worked towards. And the thing is, is when you are so driven for a certain vision, and you want to you wanna hit that vision head on, you know, nothing can stop you. So what began to happen, great things began to happen for me when I was following my vision, mm. okay? So then I, I, I ended up going back to college. I ended up getting the grades because I was disciplined at the time to then move on and then get into university and then ended up going on and, and getting a master's degree. So I actually created history. I was the only British professional boxer to obtain a master's degree uh, whilst boxing professional so you know it, it from from a red brick university and this all didn't happen by chance this happened because i followed a passion that which then fulfilled me which then made me feel good and happy and wanted wanted to do well so um and i, I say do well but i've still got a long way to go with other other things in my life but i think a lot of people out there doing things that they don't want to do a lot of people like I said, a coasting and just doing enough in a job just so they don't get fired, but just so enough so they can get paid. And it's it's this mentality of go out, just just coast through life. Don't talk about your successes. Don't talk about your wins. Why? Why is it like that? Because we come back to mental health. Mental health is about getting right and staying right and staying positive and taking care of your whole well-being. You know, not just your physicality, but your mentality, your emotional state, your, your spiritual state, everything. It, it, it encompasses into into one banner here, and this this has to be um, this has to be pushed out early because it's so easy to to knock yourself over the edge. And you you pick up the paper once in a while, and you you've realised you know someone's gone and you know top themselves and and you might even know that person you think mm. bloody hell you know that that's crazy you'd never see someone doing that um so there's a lot of factors out there that can just trigger the mind and don't forget let, let's remember the the mind is a very fragile fragile thing um so it's highly important that we take care of that 100 percent. i kind of wanted to get your opinion on you know for people you know for me i've kind of find my passion in you know instrumental health sports psychology but that's taken me 21 years. Like in school, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I never thought I'd be doing something like this. But I mean, yeah. what's, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on, you know, people that are struggling to maybe find their passions. Like what advice would you give them to maybe help find their passions? Usually when you're scared to do something, you're scared for a reason. 
So people say, oh, fear, false evidence appearing real and all this rubbish as well. No, you aren't fear because fear switches you on. When you're scared to do something, it means that, oh, hang on, this is what I should be doing. This is bigger than, than you know, this is bigger than I thought. This gets the blood flowing. This gets me pumped. Mm. Like, these are the things that, you know, people should be doing. You shouldn't be disregarding that. And I think you want to try as many things as you can because sometimes you might think, oh, I might not like that, but then you might like it. So you might like drama. You might like acting. You might want to be in a film. You might want to be a movie star. You might want to be a sports person. Who knows? You might want to be a musician. You might want to be a physiotherapist. Do you know what I mean? We, we, don't, we don't know unless we try it. And, and mm. I, I was very fortunate because my mother and father used to... So I was forced to do karate from the age of six years old. And I hated it. I hated it. My, mom, my mother and father just shoved me in. Well, my father, more than anything, just shoved me into it to keep me busy, to, mm. to tire us out before we got at home so we wouldn't run right with my other brothers. So my point is, a lot of parents out there force their kids to do things that the kids don't want to do. Okay, mm. so what happens is the parents try and live through their kids because they didn't do it themselves. So it fulfills them because they're not truly fulfilled. Okay. So it's a learned habit. It's not something that the kid genuinely wants to do. You asked me how many bo bo boxers I had in my family. Mm. I had no, no, I don't come from a family of boxing or boxing mm. history. I'm the first boxer in my family because I, I followed my passion. And I can, you know, I can honestly say part of me, there's still a lot of me that's not fulfilled because I still want to do other things, but part of my, part of my heart is fulfilled. Because I'm not saying, what if? What if? And like for yourself, you're only a young kid. You're only 21. So you still got that experience to go out and find and, and see what you want to do, you know? Mm. And um, for sure, you will go as many places as you can, meet as many people as you can. And, and that, that's the way to do it. So my advice would be shake as many hands as humanly possible. Speak to pe so many people. Find out where the successful people are. Go and meet them. Go and see them um and and figure out what what you want to do and trying things and experiencing different experiences you'll you'll figure it out that's my advice to everyone out there if, if they're still not sure what they want to do in life yeah i mean for me it took it took as i said it took me a while to kind of realize what my passion was and it's taken me a while yeah. to realize what i want to kind of do in life but obviously i'm not i'm not closing what i want to do i mean i know i want to work with people i know i can never sit behind a desk and type you know whatever the fuck people do but like <laughs> i know that i have to work with people and i'm you know whether yeah. that could be mental health sports psychology you know helping people exercise mindset i'm not going to kind of roll myself down a road you know one of my lecturers said to me keep your keep yourself open explore many things in that kind of region as possible so i think my advice as well is to kind of to people that are maybe struggling potentially my age try so many different things i think a lot of people people I know, you know, they kind of stick to one sport. I mean, mm. I come from a background, my, my, both my parents are South African, so they come from a background where when they were kids, they tried every sport. And then when we moved here, they were like, why are you only playing one sport? I just focused on football. Like, I regret yeah. kind of not going, growing up in South Africa where you get forced into trying new sports because I get told that, you know, I've got attributes to do this, like swimming. My, my mate, who will probably be listening, told me to go into boxing, but... There's so many 
I think people are scared to try new things because they've been maybe forced into one thing at an early age, especially here in England. I don't know your opinion on that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I'm coming from. So what happens is the parents shove the kids into a sport that they don't want to do, that their parents think that that's the best for them. Because let's yeah. face it, most parents want their kids to be footballers, especially yeah. if they're boys, <laughs> because it's a, it's a lucrative paying industry. So mm. some parents just want their kids to do that. It's not that the kid wants to do it. My, my brothers played football because they liked it. They enjoyed it at the time. And then when they wanted to stop, they stopped. So, you know, the point is, is if, you, if you're forcing... It, your children to do that it's, it's gonna have a, an impact on on the mental well-being when they get older they might grow up to resent something mm. about their parents or, or whatever and you know one of my re resentments is why did my father push me into karate when i wanted to be a boxer mm. i could have got another an additional six or seven years in in boxing instead of wasting my time in karate do you know what i mean but i i, I went and did it as soon as i i could as soon as i was able i, I went out and, and done it so do you feel that doing karate was a waste of time? You know, that's quite a big statement. I mean, because obviously you can yeah, kind of to me. learn. Okay. Yeah, to me, because I could have spent them years boxing yeah. and learning the trade earlier. So, you know, that would be one one regret, I'd say, mm. that, I, that I had. I could have mm. got more time in boxing. But, you know, it's just, it, 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 it is what it is. And um, I think out there, don't just try one sport because someone else is doing it. Go into a sport and enjoy what you do. Don't just go into one sport, like you said, football or whatever, because you're not getting a variation. You just mm. you just stay in one dimensional. Hundred mm. you percent. Know? And kind of my next kind of topic is, you know, obviously within your life, and obviously I can touch upon my stuff. You know, I've been through a lot of adversity, even at a young age. And I mean, mm. I kind of wanted to touch on what your biggest adversity would say, is how do you learn from that, and how did you kind of move forward from it? My adversity was um, I lost my first professional fight <laughs> after a big build-up, and this was big to me. And I ended up losing my first professional fight. And you know, it was it was a matter of I saw a quote as well. Um, it was uh, a few months ago I saw this quote, and it was by Thomas Edison. And one of his buildings burnt down with no insurance, um, with all his ideas and all his lifetime working it and one of his co-workers said to him tom what are we going to do and he said we will we will uh start rebuilding from tomorrow morning you know so like mm. time is of the essence always so we got to crack on in life and time rolls on no matter what so if you have adversity in life just get over it get on with your with your life the next day and that's the beauty of every 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 new day we get a fresh start so mm. once we get a fresh start when we get up um we can we can crack on and and, and move forward and you just got to move forward because if not it'll just hold you back and you'll 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 just hold on to that so i mean from my experiences and you know i think people will kind of when adversity may be may about to come up they kind of shy away from it and don't push through it i think yeah. my advice is to you know when adversity does occur maybe i mean i the saying not you know everyone says trial and error but it's trial and learn i think in life so when something doesn't go quite your way it's learn from it and then try and reassess yeah just don't don't make too many mistakes try not to make too many mistakes because obviously you can't afford to make 
mm. mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. So make sure you you're always progressing one way or another, whether that's in business, whether that's in sport, whether that's in general life, whether that's in relationships. You know, so if you keep making the same mistakes, then we just keep going back to square one, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, definitely, because yeah, you know, you, you kind of if you do keep making the same mistake, you can kind of need to to have kind of a reevaluation and recognise what's kind of going wrong, but then learn from it. Yeah, hundred percent, and yeah, you, you can learn, and that's that's your biggest lesson. Sometimes the biggest mm. mistake, uh, the biggest learning curve, it is because if we didn't make any mistakes and we didn't learn maybe down the line we end up making a small mistake and it costs us big. So it's always better to make maybe a few little mistakes and learn and say, okay, so it's a good job I wasn't in a in a more of a, you know, lucrative position and make a bigger mistake and would have mm. cost me more. So it, it is always beneficial to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm. I kind of, no, it's kind of moving on. Like, so I think yeah. for me, um, the mindset of an elite athlete, I mean, learning about it through my degree and kind of speaking to people who have been associated around elite athletes and which you are one. I kind of, my little thing is, you know, I've, I've talked about it before. I think anything you do is 70% mental and 30% the rest. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I believe everything is 95% mental. Okay, because I do not, but for me, when I try to put my percentages across, I think it's 70% mental science about right. But then hearing that from obviously guys that are listening to professional boxer, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I think, but now if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, 100%, 95%. I mean, look, I'll give you an example then. You could spend, let's say, 10 weeks prepping for something, mm. whether it's prepping for a fight, prepping for a contest, prepping for a match, prepping for a promotion, a career change mm. or whatever. So you can spend 10 weeks doing that. That's fine. You're in mm. physical shape. You're in mental shape, emotional shape, whatever you want to call it. And then say one minute before you're about to go into your interview or you're about to go on stage or you're about to go out into the ring in a contest or on the pitch, someone comes up to you and says something that triggers you. Mm. Your mind's gone. It doesn't matter about everything else. Your mind's gone. And that's what I mean. Everything flows from the mind. Like when, when you, for example, let's use an example. If you was to do a podcast with me earlier on, and then you were nervous about doing this podcast and you were making every excuse in your mind mm. saying, oh, this person doesn't want to do the podcast. He's not going to like it or whatever. This, this mindset is just you talking yourself out of doing it. Even though you have all the skill and the capability and all the training, what you say to yourself ultimately matters. Mm. 100%. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, the, the physical side, yes, you have to be physically in shape, but there's only so much you can do physically. Like, yeah. like if, you, if, if, you be, if you've been training for so long, you are going to be in shape, but is your mind in shape? That, that's the mm. main thing. And that's what people tend to forget, you know? So I think, you know, going back to, you know, you're talking about kind of negative self-talk. I think that's why a lot of people fall short. I think that people don't, for me, for kind of my experience in my sport day, about seven months ago, I started working. Eight months ago, I started working on a sport mindset coach, and it's crazy how yeah. the 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 journey I've been on in the past seven months, kind of getting in touch with my emotional mentality, and I was improved my game. And like before, I was kind of reluctant to even thinking like, oh, my, my mind's fine. I don't need this. I'm I'll, I'm going to perform well. But I think once people get in touch with that mind, because I used to really have bad like self doubt before a game. 
even maybe for those listening, you might have self-doubt before a fight or before an interview. But I think that's what that's if you have those self-doubt and negative thoughts, most likely it's gonna go wrong. What would you say on that? Yeah, yeah. Um you you're just making it harder for yourself and I've done it. I've done it. So I know firsthand, you know. Sometimes I've had self-doubts and I've I've ended up coming out on top, or you know, not just in sport, but with other things that I've had doubts for and then I've come out on top and I'm like, yeah, but don't forget, winning, a winning mentality is a learned attribute. It's a learned behaviour. You have to learn how to win. You have to learn how to stay on top. Like, these things don't just come naturally. No one's just born with it. you got to learn it. And in school, that's a problem with schools and academics these days. You're just taught to take part. You're not learned how to, you're not taught how to win. Like, winning's not really on the forefront or in, in the syllabus, and it should be. Mm. It should be, you know, and from I think, an early age. I think also the kind of issue is the kind of the, I think, I'm not sure about you, but the people I kind of speak to and sometimes, you know, people want that quick, that quick process. They're not willing to put the, the time and the effort into maybe invest into their mind or the, the time into to succeed. And everyone wants that quick, you know, for example, someone might want to be, become a professional footballer, but or professional athlete, but they don't want to put that time in because they feel like they just want to have, just have it happen quickly. Look, there's no overnight success. Overnight success takes 15 to 20 years. Mm. Um, and I know that because I've been in a, in a boxing club from a young age and I've seen people become successes. I've seen people mm. walk in and be absolutely useless then years, years down the line, they've got very good. That's practice. But then, look, there's people out here. There's people out here. There's so-called sports experts or expert coaches trying to label people as talented. The school I went to in Sheffield mm -hmm. used to go around pointing out people in that year who were talented, saying these guys are talented, talented athlete uh, or whatever. There's no such thing as talent, man. It's all practice. So are you saying if you never, ever touched a ball in your life, but you were talented, that you'd be able to go and mix it with Cristiano Ronaldo, who used to practice religiously every day? Mm. You, could, no, you can't mix it. No. You, you can't compete with that. All right, then. So what about if Cristiano Ronaldo stopped playing football for 20 years and you was constantly playing for 10 years? Do you think you'd still have a chance? I think you would. Mm. If you were constantly practicing, I think the tables would turn. You know, there's no natural, there's no natural talent, and and that that, you know, anyone's welcome to argue with me on this, but I, I've seen it in boxing, like fighters that stop boxing and they try and make a, a comeback later on or whatever, they've been out for a few years. You know, so then you've got to train, you got to practice to get back to that level. You can't just have talent; is just not a natural thing you're born with. Like walking, for example, as a kid, as a child. A child has to practice how to walk. You can't just you can't just walk naturally. You 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 have to practice and you keep falling down, but you get up. You know, you fall down 50 times, you get up 51, and that's how we learn to walk as a baby. So that's not talent, is it? No. That's practice. That's practice um, and, and guidance. I mean, I'm gonna kind of say to me, you know, how would you say you know, people do struggle kind of for consistency and whether it's in life, sport, maybe that's why people kind of fall out of sport because they lack that consistency. How would you say the importance of consistency and any advice you'd give on consistency to get to maybe to 
where you want to be in your degree, where you want to be in your sport. So how would you say the importance of consistency and any, any advice on consistency? Yeah, consistency comes in many forms and other byproducts of what you're doing will, will formulate and, and come together. So if that's happening, then you're consistent to a certain extent. And mm. if you're not being consistent, it's because you've lost passion or you've lost drive or you've lost inspiration for that. Like anybody, anybody's consistent with something that they love. Like, you know, when I suppose when, how can I say it? Uh, you know, if people find something they love, then they tend to stick to that. If they're not mm. consistent with it, it's because they're falling out of love with it. Mm. That, that's my, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for me, I know, I mean, my friend, you know, he's just tries, you know, he's aspiring to be a boxer, but he kind of, he said, he says to me the other day, like, I lack consistency. I don't know why. Sometimes he falls in spells where he says he doesn't train and then tries to pick himself back up again. I mean, I just kind of say to him, you kind of need to find that motivation through other ways. And as, you know, the guys at A-game say, you know, the big momentum, you know, big mo. Um <laughs> But no, that's kind of what I try and try to say to him. And then, obviously, the guys that know boxing and the guys that are listening, I'm sure that kind of I want to get onto the topic of, you know, the importance of resilience because you're going to have times, obviously, within sport and obviously in life, you know, you can have to be resilient and almost push through going, obviously, going back to the point of adversity, you know, you're going to have to push through um, adversity to have that mental resilience to get through to where you want to be. So if you want to touch upon kind of the importance of resilience yeah resilience you, you know not everything's going to go your way all the time when dealing with people is very can be very difficult you know if if and that's where attitude comes into it. your attitude determines your altitude and you've mm. got to have a nice a good versatile attitude towards everything because you are going to be challenged you are going to hit barriers but it's instead of saying, I can't get over this, it's how do I overcome this? Mm. You know, the language changes. Yeah, how, I mean, can I, mm. how can I do that? You know, how, how do I overcome this obstacle? Mm. I'm challenged. How do I defeat this challenge? How do I get over this hurdle in life? Um, mm. And that's where we have to change our language, you know, and that's how we, how we have to progress. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's quite funny. My mum... She kind of started a 21 like diet, um, uh, exercise plan, and she said to me, oh, I, don't, I don't know why I'm, I feel like it's going to go wrong. I said, You keep telling yourself it's going to go wrong, or anyone that's listening, you keep telling yourself something that's going to go wrong. Nine times out of ten, most likely it's going to go wrong. So I said to her, Switch that language, and I said, It's going to be going to go positive, it's going to lose this weight. And I said to her, You know, write three things. I said to her, Write on her phone, like the three things she wanted to achieve out of this and why she's doing it. And she said, you know, it helped us smash through and, you know, she did, did well. That's it. And, and the best thing that we have in life is we all have an identity of someone we want to become, which is called self-image. Yeah. And that's self-image. Self self-concept as well, would you say? Self-concept, self-image, and yeah. that reflects our actions and what we mm. do to get towards that vision and that image. If you have a vision of being a down, depressed, poor angry individual that's what you're going to become and you're going to portray those actions which are going to put you on a vibration where you're going to attract that if you want to be a highly successful happy you know um happy 
individual. In, yeah, in, individual, human, whatever. Yeah. Then that's what you're going to do. You're going to carry actions out that portray that self-image. Mm. You know, and I read an interesting book once and it was talking about how people go for plastic surgery um, and whether it changes their personality or not. Very interesting. Mm, that does sound a quite interesting topic because yeah. obviously they change the way they look. Are they going to change the way they act? Yes, very interesting. So it all comes down to self-image. So yes. it, it's who you want to be. And the greatest thing about having a vision, it's the, not the vision, it's not the goal itself, but the person you have to become to then get to that goal, which is, that's the beauty of it. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And that was definitely kind of good thing to maybe people to go and think about with the kind of the whole plastic surgery thing. So I'll leave that to people <laughs> listening. Absolutely. Um, well, no, yeah, moving on to more questions, you know, as my friend wanted to ask. Um, what were yeah, your amb sure. ambition? What were your ambitions, you know, when turning pro? Uh, to be a world champion. My ambition from when I was a young kid was to turn professional. Mm. When I was, when I started boxing seriously, then I wanted to be a world champion. So that was always my goal. I always aim big because you have to aim big. Always... Mm make goals out of your reach. That's what I believe because why, why, why go for small goals? Why have small ambition when you can mm -hmm. have big ambitions in life, you know? No, yeah, completely. I mean, for me, I think everyone grows up. I don't know. I mean, for me, I think people try and focus on the bigger picture, but don't actually know how to get there. But I think you need to kind of maybe set smaller goals. I'm not sure what your opinion on it, but maybe set smaller goals in order to get to where you want to be. Okay, I'll give you an example. So I had a yeah. new goal that I wanted to do. Yeah. So at the time when I left school and then I met my mentor, Brendan Ingle, yeah. and he always used to say, look, you're going to end up, you're going to you're going to finish up champion. You're going to end up going to university and you're going to end up opening your own business. He used to say this when I was younger. I was mm. like, no, what, what do you mean, Brendan? Like, I, I never understood it because I came from a mm. negative household with my father. And over time, guess what happened you know it's, it mm. all started to unfold so that was aiming high and I, I I didn't have any grades but then how did I end up getting a master's degree at university so that was a vision mm. that was then an, a goal out of my reach but I somehow subconsciously I figured a way to get there mm. so what, what, you, we don't always know after we don't have to always know how we just have to know what we want hmm. no yeah i mean i just out of interest what did you do at the university and what, what was your degree i did business and economics okay. and my first degree was business management hmm. that's what okay. i did in uni okay no nice <laughs> yeah. um what made you want to start boxing because obviously like i'm going to give my little experience on it like i've done sparring with my mate you know it kind of it's an interesting sport i mean i i Anyone that kind of, like, people used to kind of ridicule him at school. He won't mind me saying like, oh, you know, boxing's yeah. easy. I can easily step into a ring. Like, having done it now, yeah. like, I respect anyone. Like, it's crazy. Like, I full respect to anyone that does it, you know, all the pros and stuff, and especially, you know, <laughs> you. Yeah, but what yeah. made you want to start it? I just wanted to to showcase, you know, skills in front of crowds, really. And uh, Okay. 
you know, do it for the crowd and add value to the crowd and, uh, you know, make sure that people who came to watch me box and perform had a good, had a good time and entertain, really. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. Um, oh. So I think that's part of what got me into boxing. And the other part is I just, I just enjoyed training. Mm. I just enjoyed the training parts of boxing as well, like the sparring and, hitting the bag and hitting the pads, you know, in training. I actually, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's, it's good. I just, it just makes me feel good. Did that, did you feel, I mean, your big part, you know, people, you know, big boxer Tyson Fury said the importance of training on his mental health really helped him. Do you feel boxing training and training just in general and exercise helped your mental health? Oh, man, massively, massively. Say, say I have two weeks off the gym. Like yeah. I, I actually had an injury um, a few years back, so I had to stay off the gym for a while, and I couldn't train how I wanted to train, and that really affected me. Like mentally, I was like, you know, I could feel it. I could, I could mm. tell the difference, and that that triggered something to me where I was like, how do people get through life without working on their health, without working on their fitness? Like because it just releases tension, it releases yeah, the endorphins. Yeah, yeah, endorphins and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But, you know, I think, but like me, when mm. I box, it, it's a different feeling just from training in a normal gym or or just going for a run. When I box, when I go to the boxing club, I get my kit on and I box or I spar, it's a different feeling. I, I'm fulfilled. I like it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It, it. it gets the stimulus going. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. where I'm, where if I train normally or I, I pump a few light weights or whatever, it's just not the same feeling for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it, it oh, does yeah. something where, where it really, really makes me feel fulfilled. So I've, I've sort of found my my fulfillment for now, which which has always been boxing. And I know it sounds crazy to some people. Even my grandma to this day, every time I see her, she says, "Have you packed that bloody game in yet?" And I'm like, "No, grandma. I'm always I've been doing it for the last twenty odd years." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, exercise is massive. There was, just, you know, when us in the UK, you know, when the first lockdown happened, I think it was the no November one. Like, I was in a very good routine in terms of going to the gym, keeping myself in shape. And that when that all stopped, like I'm not gonna lie, I hit kind of a negative spiral. Like my routine stopped. And I think for me, routine is a big important thing for me in terms of my mental health and having a routine in a day is important. And yeah. you know, but then you know you have to kind of find new ways to keep yourself up, up a decent, you know, mental state. And but no, yeah, what's your kind of thoughts on obviously the importance of a routine to you and obviously people that are listening you know how can maybe they adopt routines in their life to maybe help them feel better mentally most of the successful I've, people i've met and i'm not just talking about successful with money because you could be a billionaire and you could be obese that's not yeah. that's not success to me success is health wealth love and happiness so a mm. balance of everything so yeah financially great health great love and relationships great Mm. and happiness great yeah. so when you meet people like that then you understand the true uh the true definition of success so all those successful people that i've met and i'm talking about health wealth love and yeah. happiness together okay so yeah. they all have a daily ritual where they work on themselves mm. and they can't sit still like they keep they keep not busy but they keep productive so mm. if they're not 
if and I, I don't I don't mean I don't mean busy as in running around here there yeah. going here going there you know all the time on the go I mean okay they meditate they're productive yeah. uh, they take care of their food and nutrition you know they're loading themselves with good nutrition they're around positive people they're listening to positive podcasts they're watching and consuming great content they're not sat on social media scrolling through negative stuff they're not watching uh pam off coronation street argue with the next door neighbor you know mm. what i'm saying like yeah. they're, they're doing productive activities whether that's mm. strolling through the park listening to a podcast or that's going for a run or that's getting around a social uh event you know that's that's benefiting someone or something or somewhere you know or they're they're spending time with their partner or they're working on the health or you know they're they're better in the finances they're always doing something that's productive and that's what i've learned and they're the real successful people to me yeah i mean i kind of something picked up i want to talk about actually now you know you said the when you go on social media you i did a poll on my um page you know how, how many people feel who feels that social media is bad for their mental health and i think it was like 79 percent of the people i think there's about 25 people that answered 79% of them said, yeah, it is. And I was, I kind of put a video on a mental health page saying, well, you're in charge of what you consume on social media. So maybe how, kind of evaluate your social media and see how maybe that's affecting your mental health. And obviously, as you said, what you consume, you can you can choose what you consume. You, where you watch positive podcasts, you know, you listen to positive affirmations. You, But no, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and and my advice for that would be create don't consume i go onto instagram and i create i don't consume you know if i'm going to go on social media i'm going on there for a reason whether it's to reply to a message or create content i'm not scrolling through people's social media pages i don't care because it's not really adding value as such if i want to add value i'll pick up a self-development book yeah 100 percent. you know what i mean and i think what's happened on instagram over the last few years, it's become a little bit narcissistic. So people... I think it's become go, a it's popularity contest as well. It's all valid. It seems like people need validation through Instagram to feel good and to be accepted. You don't need validation from Instagram to be accepted in this world. What you need to do is you need to go out, you need to be productive and you need to work on yourself. You need to stop comparing yourself to others on social media because half of that shit on there is not real anyway. Okay, so for example, yeah, and for example, just to the people out there who are following idiots on Instagram with a million followers who've managed to catch an early drift of young teenagers or whatever who's followed them and bumped up their following because they've been, you know, popular at that time, but they're not actually adding any serious value. What they need to do is delete and block those people and follow people who's going to add value, like Tony Robbins, or Bob mm. Proctor, you know, or other other people on there that mm. can that's going to add value to your life genuinely, seriously. Mm -hmm. I, I, th this is a big because th this affects people's mental health because everybody's uploading so much stuff and it, it's just an overwhelm, an overwhelm of content. Okay, there's so much content that your brain can't even process that. So mm -hmm. if you're there comparing yourself to other people's life, how are you concentrating on your own life? Mm -hmm. and that, that, that's the sad thing about so, social media is fantastic it's great i enjoy it to a certain extent but i think it's 
it's just got out of hand for some people and it's affecting a lot of people mentally because what happens is they scroll through it and then it's always like, oh, they see something better or better or better. And it's like, it's never ending. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah, don't, I mean, don't do that. For me, I've kind of, over the last few weeks since I started kind of listening on the Clubhouse stuff, I kind of thought to myself, this is what I've been wanting to consume for all this time. Obviously, it's great to kind of found the platforms and... I'm, you, you know, can I, can I just say something, Liam? You know the great thing about Clubhouse? You know what I love about Clubhouse? Well, <laughs> you, can't be a, you can't be a pretender and you can't hide. On Instagram, you can hide behind a photograph. You can mm. edit a photograph. On Clubhouse, you come on there trying to talk some shit, you're going to get called out by someone yeah. who's highly successful, who knows what they're talking about. On Instagram, people can post a picture and go offline yeah. and get a thousand followers from it. It's, it's, it's complete rubbish. It's complete yeah. rubbish. And it makes me laugh because it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it kind of got me thinking, like, I'm kind of thinking to myself over the past few weeks, you know, I've, I haven't even, I don't think I've scrolled my main account. All of the stuff I've been consuming on my Instagram is my stuff on mental health page because I've seen, I'm trying to improve that and grow my knowledge. I was trying to yeah. think to myself the last time I scrolled through all the fucking the girls, all the girls and seeing all the other stupid bullshit. Oh, I, really, I can't even, it's, I can't even, it's crazy how, 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 how I was. Maybe do you know, months, yeah, go on. Do, do you know, do you know how many relationships are breaking down because of social media? Yeah. Like, hundreds of relationships mm. being affected by social media and it's just absolutely mad it's mm -hmm. mad no it Crazy. is mad <laughs> well, like, that could be a whole new that could be a whole new different conversation couldn't it oh yeah 100% 100% we, could, we could go on for hours of that but yeah then, we could but uh, then next question um, so so we talked about, you said your major kind of adversity and setback was obviously when you had your first loss. Was, the un, was there any other kind of major setbacks within your career or in your life that you've had to overcome? Very good. I'm just doing the light. Uh, any setback in my career or my life that I've had to come? No, the only setback, obviously, was early on in my life, yeah. which I, I, I ventured out and... Mm. Um, I moved out of my family household. And then the other setback was my, my injury yeah. that I had to get over. So, you know, it took me a long time to get over the injury and get right again. So that's another adversity. But like I said, at the time I got the injury, I, I bettered myself because then I went to university at the time I was injured. So mm. there's always a positive that you can find in a in a in in an adverse situation. Oh, 100%. I completely agree with that. Because <laughs> I think people overlook when, you know, when bad stuff does happen, they always think about the negatives of that situation but you know as it with me when I got injured I kind of done two podcasts of you know reevaluated what my you know what I'm interested in and mm. the content I consumed over the last four weeks because of my injury for has bettered my understanding of my mental health people's mental health and obviously all the stuff I've been consuming has just helped me a lot so I think that, yeah. you're right you can turn a negative situation into a positive 100 percent 100 percent Absolutely. And then another one, you know, in terms of the training, you know, it must be hard. I've kind of done a bit of boxing training myself. What's the hardest part of the training, and what would you say the hardest part about pre pre preparing for a fight? The hardest part of boxing is everyone says the training because the training is consistent. The dieting, um, these can all be 
factors that are really hard about the sport, you know, uh, day in, day out, especially after you're studying or whatever, or you're doing your day-to-day stuff, if you're not, yeah, that should be fine. Can you uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, all good. I can hear you better now. So I'll kind of ask the question again. So what would you say the hardest part about the boxing training is and the preparation for a fight? So, you you know, everything can be hard about it. The training, day in, day out in the gym. Sometimes you're feeling a bit tired. You still have to go train. But like I said, I've always loved the training anyway. So that's never really been the problem. The dieting can be the hard part, you know, having to mm. diet sometimes you're a bit hungry or you want to eat something that you shouldn't really um so everything can everything is manageable though so you mm. can manage it accordingly to what you have to do so mm. you know but in life everything's hard that's worth gaining some of the stuff is hard out there nothing's really easy is it no 100 percent. i mean if it was easy everybody if it was easy everybody would be doing it yeah 100 percent. i mean yeah, I kind of, you know, my kind of thing is, you know, people need to kind of trust their process and allow themselves to adapt and build through life and not be able, I'm, I think there's a Bruce Lee, there's a quote, you know, don't get set into one form, adapt like water, like being able to adapt. And I think that's what how people need to be. Yeah, the the greatest the greatest gift to humans is being able to adapt, being able to adapt and imagination. So we have that and no other living species on the planet has that. So, you know, we should utilize it and use it. And that's another thing that's not taught in academics in schools yeah. is to use your imagination and your creativity. Mm. And that's what can save you sometimes, you know. No, definitely. To kind of finish up, anything you want to kind of last advice or anyone expiring to be sports person or business person or doing well in the degree, what kind of advice would you give to kind of keep them on that straight line? Follow your vision. If you have a vision, go and do it. Go and follow it because you never know what's going to come from it. And if you don't, you'll regret it. And the biggest regret in life is doing some, is not doing what you should have always done. So that is my one bit of advice and takeaway from today. No, I appreciate that, Lee. But no, yeah. No worries, brother. Cheers for that. Thanks for coming on. Been great. Um, I appreciate your time. Um, so yeah, thanks guys for listening. Hope you, no I know you, people that have listened to this will take some value from it. Um, especially I have, you know, chatting to someone, uh, you know, as an elite level athlete, you know, it's good to kind of listen to and talk to and I hope people have had value from it. So any guys, you know, if you want to drop your socials again. Absolutely. Uh, so you can find me personally at Lee Duncan underscore, uh, Lee underscore Duncan 305 on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Lee Duncan. Uh, you can find our company Box Camp Fitness where we provide health and wellness services and just help people kickstart the health in case they want to get nutrition um find something to uh, to get them fit uh we we take care of plenty of people across a board of uh you know a board of the platform so absolutely feel free to hit us up and uh we'll see you soon and uh, yeah thanks again um this has been the uh at one to one underscore mental health podcast you can find more of my stuff you know if you type in one to one underscore mental health and again 
thanks for uh, um, Lee for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.